Rates for rooms at President Trump's hotel in Washington, D.C. are nearly three times higher than usual on the night of the Republican Senate retreat. To be fair, it requires a lot of hotel staff to move Lindsey Graham's entire suite into a closet. The military dog that was wounded in the recent raid that killed an ISIS leader has already recovered and returned to work. He didn't even file a claim for Barkman's comp. Oh, that, was a tam- that was a Tamra joke. I love that joke. <laughs> Actually, all three these first three are all Tamra. Uh, so uh, credit to her. The I cre- would have represented him. The creators of Game of Thrones won't be working on the next Star Wars trilogy after all. They turned down the project after they weren't allowed to give Luke and Leia a gratuitous sex scene. And finally, (laughs) President Trump attended Game 5 of the World Series between the Houston Astros and Washington Nationals on Sunday, where he was greeted with boos and chants of lock him up. But this didn't faze Trump one bit because he was only there to cheer on bad calls by the umpires because for some reason... He likes when rules aren't enforced. The Trump Report starts now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Yes, welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt, joined by Chelsea Galicia. Hello there. And Scott Moore. Hi. Uh, Tamara Brown providing jokes, but on assignment. So uh, thank you for bringing us the laughs, even... In absentia. I appreciate the workers' mm-hmm. comp joke. Yeah. But the well, Barkman's comp. Yes. That's why I like that joke so much. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I want, I referenced it at the top of the show, and I I did want to start off with uh, some video that we can play. Thanks to Ryan in the booth for getting this. So uh, President Trump was at Game Five of the World Series on Sunday night. And uh, it being game five, I think there were a lot of people that were pulling for a Washington national sweep so that the series ended in four games. I was seeing that mm-hmm. on, on Twitter a lot. Uh, but he was there. And uh, before we play the video, can you just bring up a still of it? Because we can see President Trump is there with Melania. And wow, Barron has really grown. <laughs> I, I can't. You know, I mean, of course, you know, if you're going to come to the World Series, of course you would bring your son, wouldn't you? But no, instead you bring a lobbyist or whatever. Anyway, uh, so uh, President Trump, I think that uh, he is used to being at events where when he's introduced, oh, my God. The, you know, the people are you know standing in line all day to see him at you know some arena in Denver or whatever. Uh, it didn't quite go that way. So uh, thanks to Politico for this video. Uh, there's a lot of video out there, but this is the one that's kind of locked mm-hmm. on to what you want to see. So, Ryan, if you could roll that for us. You got us. it, sir. <laughs> it's starting to sit in right now. He's like, well... <laughs> Melania's like, Melania's like, oh, no. They don't like me. And, you know, she was just like, uh, and then he's like, all right, well, I'm going to keep standing here, but I'm so annoyed at these people. And they're, you know, he's waving to people. And they're also, as I referenced, were chants of uh, lock him up, which I think, you know, you have to give... uh, you, know, you have to give sports fans credit. They're really good at chanting things to rattle whom they consider the opposing team. And I guess mm-hmm. in this case, the president of the United States is the opposing team for uh, those there. So uh, I thought it was uh, it was all very funny to watch it play out. And there was a narrative online afterwards. Uh, there are people that uh, say, well, you, you, should, you should have respect for the office of the president. If you don't like the president, you shouldn't boo him. I mean... 
you shouldn't go to a sporting event if you don't want to get booed. I mean, the uh, Ryan in the booth as a uh, Philadelphia right. fan. Oh, yeah. I believe you uh, are familiar with the story that uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans uh, booed Santa Claus when he was introduced. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he deserved yeah. it, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Well, now that's a great point. You know. Eagles green. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, exactly. So, uh, Chelsea's horrified. <laughs> but uh, I think that, uh, you know, I think that it kind of goes with the territory. Um, he did not throw out a first pitch, which uh, I know President George W. Bush did right after uh, 9-11. Um, I, I thought I remembered President Obama throwing out a first pitch, but uh, I think that might be a faulty memory. Um I'm going to just say that uh, President Trump, I don't, I don't think he can hit the black from the pitcher's mound. What do you think it would have looked like, Scott, if uh, President Trump had uh, had thrown a pitch? Well, considering that he does everything else so awkwardly, I'm sure it would have been just a very awkward, yeah, weird yeah. throw or something. Yeah. Um, can you look for something for me, uh, Ryan, in the booth? I'm searching already. You know what I'm going to ask for, don't you? Uh, the Eagles Super Bowl no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to ask for... Uh, uh, Philly special play? No. Okay. Baba Booey first pitch. Baba Booey. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, Howard Stern producer Gary Delabate throwing out a pitch at a Mets game. And uh, it is probably not the worst pitch you've ever seen. But I think that's uh, 50 Cent. The title cent. is literally the worst pitch. Yeah, no, 50 ever. Cent has the worst first pitch you've ever seen. But How, uh, how do you know this? Oh, because I follow. First of all, I mean, my team's the Mets, so I certainly know about all of this. But also, you know, it just uh, lives on. See, unfortunately, this is a super produced uh, piece Ooh, about sick. it. But, uh, yeah. So here, here's what you can see here. And uh, I wonder, is... Is President Trump not as brave as Gary Delabate, Baba Booey, or is he just smarter and knew that he would have thrown it as well uh, the way he did? That's all right. We don't need to. Fight. Okay, it's, okay. it's unfortunately it's buried in the production and testimonials from uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Oh my Kimmel. gosh! I can't oh, here we go. I actually think I just you actually have it, have it now. I yeah. have it now. Sorry. All right. Delay, well, this is what I this is what I say, and I should have produced this ahead of time, but uh, I was just thinking about it while we were talking, and I was wondering. If this is what we might have seen <laughs> from President Trump. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're the announcer in the booth. And this was not being broadcast live. But they have him oh, actually say, oh, Jesus Christ. I think he hits a, think he hits a guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. hits the camera. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Well, at least he got it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. Get it that far. Yeah. So I get not, not, not throwing out the first pitch, but uh, he apparently. He wants to keep his dignity. I mean, look, the way that, you know, a guy like that, it's like he can he can handle being hated by, you know, Democrats and people he doesn't have respect for. But he but might like, show how unathletic he is in that Yeah, and I would say, I would say in his prime, whatever his ideal weight that he's had in his life, I, I don't know when that was, probably, I'm going to guess like 1989, maybe somewhere in that range, uh, he probably would not have been able to throw that pitch. I but, think the bone spurs would have prevented it. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, nice you're, right. you're absolutely right, Ron. You give yourself a ding yes. for that, by the way, because <laughs> uh, you're definitely one. right. Uh, so, but anyway, so this narrative was going on uh, after the fact of like, you know, and there uh, there was a, I think it was a, in the Hill. Anyway, there was a Democratic congressman who said, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't boo the president. Chris yeah, that's who it was. Down. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you read more than yes. headlines, unlike me. Uh, but I, I would say that, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's that goes with the territory you're gonna get booed at things and i mean it's like oh after you know the 
the day or the day after he killed a, a top ISIS general, which, by the way, I believe he was on the golf course when that happened, mm-hmm. is the timeline that we're having. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I think I think it's okay to boo the president. And let's say it was Obama who got booed at the World Series. Didn't he get booed at some game yeah, probably i mean he, he did yeah he yeah. was at he was at the opening of the new nationals ballpark actually no i think that that was president uh george w bush right but he's i know he's been at games i remember seeing mm-hmm. him at, at sunday night uh sunday night baseball on espn and you know he would have on his his white Sox jacket and you know obama was the kind of sports fan and like well who's your favorite player on the white Sox? oh all of them yeah i love them all <laughs> you know it's just it's fine it's not what he's there for you know, uh, but uh, I don't. I don't know if. It, can you Google if uh, Obama ever threw out a first pitch? You got Ryan, it. We'll I think move, the, we'll I'm pretty it. sure. I think if it, I was betting, he I, did. I don't know if he threw out a first pitch, but I, I do did. believe he was booed. So I wonder if he put in Obama. Well, let's, let's worry oh, about this did. first. So he did throw out first yeah. pitch. Now, this is, okay, so this yeah, is this is not did. in the World Series, but I thought he had thrown yeah, a pitch. I know he did, and yeah. So there he is. You know. He's, uh, <laughs> So there he is. Yeah, there he is. He takes the mound. He's waving. Nice Maybe he's getting booed. Maybe we'll put some some. I think he's getting booed. Yeah, there's some booing. Yeah, not everybody loves some the guy. Yeah. Here's a president. Not everybody's gonna love you. And here and he's we go. thrown to the mascot. His name's Screech. Oh, oh. See more booze. So, yeah. A little outside. Yeah. So maybe that. Maybe that's why. Uh, that he did kind of baba booey that pitch, so maybe, <laughs> just maybe, uh, 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 Trump was actually the smart one here and not he, he look. He knows his limitations. Uh, yeah, except he could have like done it, and then uh, the press secretary could have said how amazing, and incredible it was, and the, the best, <laughs> the best pitch, pitch of any president. And they could have, and they they could have uh, sent out a tweet where yep. it was set to a Nickelback song, <laughs> which is something we didn't talk about a few weeks ago. Right. But uh, you know, I think that uh, President Trump sending out a, a tweet with uh, with a Nickelback song a photograph. It was a photograph of Joe Biden and and his son, and uh, the best usage of copyright infringement was <laughs> pulling down a, a tweet mm-hmm. of a Nickelback video from the president of the United States because it uh, wasn't cleared for copyright. (laughs) Hold on. Someone commented, big surprise, high and to the left. (laughs) Uh, That is is funny. That's good. That is funny. And you assume Trump's would have been low and to the right. But who knows? It's hard to say. Uh, So anyway, this is the the state of uh, political discourse at this point. We're talking about pitches. We're talking about Nickelback tweets, you know. Um, But... The bigger question is, we, we just showed it. Obama got booed, so mm-hmm. so what? Well, yeah, booing is is fair, and I it, on some level it like it feels so good. It like there's just this like visceral like yes, he heard what people really think mm-hmm. of him, or what more people actually think of him. And I was like so much yes on the inside, and at the same time, I was like, this is probably not going to change him at all. Like you mm-hmm. would think. That maybe somebody's ego would be bruised and they might become more humble or something. But somebody with his condition, illness, I think is fair to call it, I don't think will change at all. And it might embolden his uh, supporters um, because you're, in booing him, booing them. And so they become even more fortified. Um, And it's it's like you're giving the ego something to battle up against. And so while it feels good think we have to be careful about indulging in it too much just because of the uh, of the way that it actually 
can backfire. I don't know. I'm, I'm really torn. I'm not saying that it was inappropriate and that you shouldn't do it, but we just have to be kind of two-minded about it. But like, yes, enjoy it, but be careful because it's rallying the base. Well, yeah, and I think that uh, that is something that Democrats ought to be conscious of is are you emboldening the base and increasing the base by, you know, going after the president? I mean, uh, just, a, 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 you know, obviously you can always take uh, polls with a grain of salt, but, you know, there was a USA Today poll earlier today, and it's uh, 46% in, in favor of impeachment and removal from office and 47% against. So we're always kind of I haven't seen any, and, and Scott, maybe you see more polling than I do. I haven't seen any where it's really out of the margin of error. It always mm-hmm. seems like it's really close, right? Have you seen any and no, any uh, like outliers that really? Yeah, I think besides that Fox News poll, right? The Fox News fifty-one <laughs> percent wanted them removed by the right. Oh, well, so, not just impeached, but removed. Right. Yeah, yeah. So wow. no, Fox, Fox might have an axe to grind at this yeah. point. You know, I think <laughs> they might have might feel like they've been they and their their talent have been called out one time too many. So maybe they're maybe they maybe they played with that margin of error a little bit. I'm just joking. I'm not <laughs> assuming that anybody who's a pollster could ever uh, you know tamper with it or anything. But uh, I, I mean, look, we're still at the same point we were a few weeks ago. But it's not great news for President Trump. You're not rallying more support. Your mm-hmm. your core, your base, is more emboldened and more dug in, and they're like, "Yeah, we kind of don't care." Chelsea, do you think that for the the hardcore Trump fans, there's anything that they could be told that's going to convince them to either vote for someone else or just stay home on election day? Or you think that they're they're already all in at this point? It, it seems that that they're all in, and I and I don't I can't think of anything that I. Maybe because I'm, I don't know, too logical. I think that if you're of sound, logical mind that you would disagree with most uh, of this president's policies and the way that he is carrying out the office of the presidency. But I don't understand these people who are who who would support him. So I, I, I don't know what they would need to hear. I can't imagine that they're is anything they may be, you know, like him. And it's like once you've picked a position, you stick with it because your ego will just not let you, it must save face. It will not let you admit wrongdoing mm-hmm. or fault of exactly. any kind. And so you just have to, to dig in. And the only thing that will sort of save us is that more of us who um, are were not engaged before or, you know, maybe we're like, Kind of, I'm looking for something different. But I know that there were a lot of people who were like, I'm looking for something different, and Hillary is the same, so I'm going to give him a chance. I can't believe that people did that, but whatever, they Mm -hmm. gave him a chance. And I have seen a lot of those people openly regret their choice. So if enough of those people support whoever the Democratic nominee is, then it doesn't really matter how unreasonable his base is. Sure, I mean unreasonable from your perspective, but uh, Scott, uh, do and you Scott's feel position. Scott? Do you feel like someone who took that vote on, you know, okay, for something that's different? This is this is definitely an outside of the box approach. They maybe regret their vote, but then if they feel like, well, the alternative is another person that's right back inside the same box I didn't like the next time. I think that disenfranchised Trump voters are more likely to just stay home. And do you feel like you're hearing 
much or anything from any of the candidates that you think is speaking to specifically those people who voted for Donald Trump because they believed in what he was saying. And then they had some buyer's remorse. But uh, unfortunately, it didn't matter if they kept the receipt uh, that it was all sales were final. Well, um, just uh, stepping back to the uh, to the booing real quick, too, I would just say that uh, to me, it's one of the fundamental things about being an American that you have the a right to be able to boo your leaders. And I don't find it disrespectful because if you're saying it's the office of the president, this person is representing that office right now. And if you disagree with him, you should be able to have that right to boo because the, the moment that that's taken away, then we're living in a dictatorship and we should have the right, regardless if they're Democrat, Republican, whoever they are, we should have that right as Americans when, you know, to be able to boo your leaders. Um, so you don't think uh, Kim Jong-un gets booed at a exactly, basketball game right. in North Korea? You don't you don't think that that happens? Yeah, exactly. Oh. You'd be gone and... Uh, Beheaded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess. But you could just say you were booing for Dennis Rodman. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. But that said, uh, I do think it, it will depend on who who the Democrats choose and um, you know how that's going to all kind of sort itself out. I, I'm sure right now there probably are some people, um, you know, there were some polls today in New Hampshire. It's like they're, they're, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina has a different front runner in, in each state yeah. right now. So I think, you know, we've got to wait to see who's going to actually be that front runner. And I do agree with Chelsea that I think there's enough people because he did not win by that much. So the fact that he's not tried to expand his base at all He's just doubling down on, on, in my opinion, a shrinking base. Um, he's not expanding that. So, therefore, it's not going to take a lot for a couple states to be picked off, depending on who that candidate is. And as we've talked about time and time again, if anything happens with the economy, that's his last kind of stand. And depending on what happens with the impeachment trial, then, you know, you could see some more moderate Republicans that might have held their nose and voted for him being like they're going to sit out. And that's going to be kind of the same thing that happened with Hillary Clinton in 16, where people sat out. And you get enough of those people to sit out and and, uh, he loses the election. Uh, Chelsea, do you think it's more likely that President Trump and his advisors don't feel like they need to try and expand that base? Or do you think that it's more likely that everyone's saying, you know, you should really get out there and and try and do this? And he doesn't think he needs to. Which one do you think? Do you think it's directly him or do you think he's surrounded by mostly yes men, but let's say yes people? Uh, Absolutely surrounded by by yes people. I think he will probably just try the same strategy from last time. You know, go deep with a base, even if it's small, and just create enough um, confusion or controversy or get enough bad stuff spoken about the opponent that it creates apathy on the other side so that they're like, okay, yeah, I'll vote for Hillary, but meh, or I'm just going to stay home um, because I'm not that excited about Hillary because, yeah, even if uh, Trump's not totally correct, it does look like she's a little corrupt. And it is the same thing that people like me were saying more on the left, that she is corrupt. So she she had it from from... Both sides. I I don't I don't think that enough people will. I mean, I think people who sat out will regret. I think some many people who voted for him will regret it. So I think even if it's somebody like Joe Biden, or I don't think it would be at this point, but Bernie Sanders, everywhere in that continuum, I think um, that there will be enough people to get out and vote uh, that will change the, the the president i i i i i mean 
it might happen. I know that this is not going to be an easy race for whoever is a nominee, but I just, I just can't, I just can't really understand. I mean, I guess. Well, I mean, let's just say, like, you know, we we were all there on election night, and I don't know that uh, most of us understood what was happening. We just saw that it was happening. Now that we know that people were seeing, you know, different Facebook ads and different things in their feed based on, you know, who they were pegged as, what issues bothered them, and that there were, you know, if, if immigration was you know, something that you really cared about. You saw videos and images of people pouring over a wall and, and they knew how to stir up people. And and that obviously wasn't in my feed, so I didn't know that that was going on. I, I, I don't know. I guess a lot of it sadly will depend on whether Facebook decides that it's going to take down anything that's factually incorrect. At this point, they're saying they're going to let people decide for themselves if a political ad is correct, true or not which I, I can't believe. So we might have the same situation again, basically well, because of Facebook. I mean, some well, of us some of us probably hope that uh, Facebook doesn't take down things that are factually inaccurate. My Facebook profile says I'm 510, so I really hope that there's a little bit of leeway in there. I'm mine sorry. says I, I'm, I'm 150. Um, <laughs> yeah, mine and, says that too. And I'm six feet. Um, but but I, I, I there were two things that were going on too that uh, are kind of, different this time around in 2016 which we've talked about before you know we had a a decent economy then president obama was in the white house i think a lot of democrats sat out because they weren't motivated enough by hillary clinton but also i don't think they really legitimately believed that donald trump was going to win and so it was like eh, not really into hillary but she's got it in the bag i don't Mm -hmm. need to go out of my way things are good right now we've had president obama for eight years you know, economy's doing decent. And then you had people that were very motivated on the other side. And a lot of Obama voters in the upper Midwest that were still feeling a little, you know, like we've talked about. Pretty pissed off. So they went out and Mm -hmm. made sure they voted. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of like they felt this was sort of their last stand as far as uh, demographic changes and Mm -hmm. other things. But now that we're getting to the 2020 election, that people that sat out last time, that maybe if Biden is the, the nominee, that might be like, eh, we're not is excited are going to go out of their way to make sure that they vote for him this time because they've seen how bad it is for Trump. And then you might have some Trump voters or Republican voters that are not totally enamored by Donald Trump that are going to kind of sit back this time because they're like, eh, I can't vote for the Democrat, mm-hmm. but I'm not motivated by Donald Trump that may sit out this time. So the, it might be reversed. And again, all it's going to take is those couple states, but that's where the focus is going to be. And I read a whole article about that that they've already started in Wisconsin. And it's like, fall 2020 right now basically where people were as far as democrats and republicans hoping to keep keep that in the republican column so interesting i'm sorry so democrats are actually allowed to campaign in wisconsin (laughs) oh my gosh i didn't i didn't i didn't realize that i just didn't know i thought that they were just you know sent away at the border scott walker is still there you know that that's the only thing that would have made sense for 2016 what were you going to say the other big frightening factor is voter suppression that's a huge thing yep so I, 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 I think that we're not going to know who wins the presidency on the on election night. It's going to be. I hope so because I don't want to stay up that late. I, I think it. I think it'll. Be well, look. A, a battle, I think we we look. We've had the years war. where you don't quite get the answer and you don't quite have 
the concession. But I think uh, like 2004, you knew that Kerry had lost, but I don't think he was you, so can quick. Can you see Trump conceding? No, 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 no. no. But the no. rest of us can know. Right. But the rest of us know reality. Let's remember. <laughs> let, let's think. Okay. So this is what I see. I don't know if all of you remember. I'm sure that election night 2012, you weren't watching Fox News. But I'm going to hope that you. But I'm going to hope you've yes. seen since. Yes. If you weren't. Yes. That. Karl Rove refused to concede, and then he's not—he's not actually part of the campaign. He mm-hmm. refused to concede that Romney had lost, despite mm-hmm. the fact that the network was run. So they had to walk down to the decision desk and say, "Carl, this is what," yeah. I, and he's like, "No, no, no, no." no. And uh, by the way, Karl Rove did go away for a little while. I don't mm-hmm. mean like he got locked up. I just mean <laughs> that uh, he wasn't asked to comment uh, for a little while. And I think it could be more like that. I think. That whatever's happening in the White House, we won't know. But I think you're going to have a lot of people out front. It's like, look, yeah. I look, I hear what you're saying. That yes, these are the results with 99% reporting. But I see, the, I see 370 electoral votes. But what if you have millions Wait, of Americans enough, yeah. who are like, my name wasn't there. I wasn't able no. to mm-hmm. to vote. I mean, this it's going to well, be something no, I, I, crazy. But I'm like talking this. about if if it is, you know, if it all that's all overcome. And uh, the Democrat wins, mm-hmm. yeah. And the Democrat wins. Uh, I, that it's, oh, it, it'll be, it, but it'll be argue. reported. Yeah. But by the way, at the same time, because of the feeling about the 2016 election, that I, I don't know. I guess Putin was stuffing ballot boxes uh, personally. I don't know. There's a lot of theories out there. Uh, I, I do think that uh, you know there. There's a lot of questions. So if if Trump wins, I don't know that even if. If the news organizations feel like they have accurate reporting and information, I don't think it's going to be well received either. I don't know that either He's side. Going to tell is, them not to believe it. Well, the, the, I don't think that they'll believe it. They're going to say like, "Well, this is Russia again," and you know, it's something that or voter suppression. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, they'll point to several things. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll point to you know, there's a whole list. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be, you know, Chelsea, you are a lawyer. That's going to be a good night to be a lawyer. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, if you don't want to spend it with us and you want to be on retainer, uh, there, there's going to be... I wouldn't miss it with, with you guys. That's so much more fun. Well, don't jinx it by bringing a champagne bottle this time. <laughs> I think that might be on you. <laughs> but then you drank the champagne anyway, didn't you? Yes, we were sad. That's what, it works either way. When you're sad, yeah. when you're excited, when you're oh, happy. Yeah. Well, before, before the 2020 election, we should... Uh, Mon- do a little uh, montage reel from that night. Oh you my! Know? It's uh, but anyway. Well, uh, well I was going to say my second yeah, part because sure. there was a, there was a second part is that it's really for the Democrats to lose because again it, you brought it up too a little bit. Two thousand four. If you look back, two thousand four is really the only time that the Republican has won the popular vote going back to 1988 since then because right I mean, so George H.W. Bush yes. won the popular vote in 1988, in 1988 and then 2004 yeah. with his son George W. Bush and that's the only times that Republicans have actually won the popular vote for the presidency right. and, so and, and honestly in, for uh, you know I, I'm not trying to disparage George H.W. Bush but it was just sort of like Oh yeah, yeah, more Reagan. We like right. that. Like you know, so I think that, that that's a great example of coattails. You know, 100 percent. And I mean, also, I don't know how far back you have to go to have the same party keeping the White House for three terms. I guess. Uh, well, I just answered it myself. It's FDR because he could have been. He could have uh, won six elections. Yeah, and, uh, and that, but if, if he had lived, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, then going back to the twenties, uh, Republicans had it from right. 1921 to 1933. But then, how many times has a has the president, the party in power, lost when the economy was going 
well. Well, yeah, I, I mean, air quotes. look, yeah. you can use air quotes, but yeah. the perception just needs to be that it's going well. It could be going right. terribly, but if everybody feels like it's going well, it might as well be going well. And this is a very weird thing because you look at the stock market, which is not the economy, and right. you hear about all this big money mm-hmm, happening, mm-hmm. and it then it looks good. But I think most people are not feeling like the economy is going well, at least not for them. And it's it's sort of okay to talk about it, and that's why. Bernie and Elizabeth have a lot of supporters right. where it's like... I like to call them Bern and Liz, but, you know, you can be a little bit more formal than, <laughs> sure. than I am. Sure. Go so ahead. I, I think, I hope that people are wakening up to, yeah, it doesn't matter if the, the economy is going well for a few people. It It's not going well for me and most people I know. Yeah, I mean, you should, you should definitely be talking to those people, uh, but... Uh, you know, I think that if the if you're convinced, and I don't mean you, but I mean if the candidate is convinced that the economy isn't going well, you have to have a good way to explain it. To, and I you think know. Elizabeth Warren does. She says it's going well for a thin slice right. of yeah. the pie at the top, and, it, and, and it for is. everybody else, yeah. we've been stuck. Wages stuck, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So I right. I mean, I think if you if you're able to put it in into terms, and I, I don't mean to demean the electorate, but if you put it, put it in simple terms, it's like. So you don't feel you personally. I'm speaking to you as a voter. You don't feel like the economy is going all that well. You know who it's not going well for either. Your boss. Now your boss's boss's boss. Oh, he's doing really well, and you don't even really like your boss. So imagine what you think of that a hole who's like at the top of the the company. You know that's the person who's doing well. The rest of us, no. Even even your boss is like, oh, I think I might have to vote for somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just ways to illustrate a simple point like that. Uh, but um, but you're absolutely but you're absolutely right, uh, Chelsea. Is the fact that if this was a normal establishment Republican candidate. With an economy that's supposedly this good right now, you would expect that this Slam person dunk. would be yes would be coasting to reelection by mm-hmm. huge numbers. Mm-hmm. But the fact he's not, and he has a lot of other things dragging him down. And there was a whole thing that I was reading about that it could be the first time that it's really not a referendum on the economy for the first time in you know modern history. Wow, that that's actually going to be a referendum on so many other policies and things going on with this president administration. That even if the economy does continue to hold steady. And we don't dip into recession that people may be voting against for other reasons than the economy right now. I see that like as a whole entitled, like a tidal wave of change of our values in this country. Because mm-hmm. up until now, it's really just all about the economy. Right. And doesn't matter what the hell else is going on or what we're doing, just the economy. And if we as a country decide that, yes, we care about the economy, but we care about, I don't know, being better Americans and taking care of each other more and whatever it may be that something else is more important than the economy, oh my God, I will, I, I, yeah. I will just fall and, over and I will love this country so much more than I already do. But that would be, that would be just, I mean, epic. What do you, what do you think would be more important to this country than the economy? Well, yeah, I think that you, you can have concerns, you know, most Americans. There's things that like, you know, you, you feel like, you know, immigration is important. Sure, climate change is important. But yeah, the economy shouldn't be, to most voters, I don't know, you know, look, if you're able to put four or five things ahead of the economy, then you probably are part of that slice that's Mm -hmm. doing really well. Mm -hmm. And that's probably not people who are looking to rock the boat and get somebody like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders who wants to, you know, change the the structure of what's doing well for you. Well, yeah, if, if, let's say, corruption was a bigger issue, restoring democracy, you know... 
Well, since you brought it up, I think that's a good time to bring up. Uh, we, we'll touch on a couple of the big stories before we finish. But uh, this week in corruption, uh, you sent me a story. I that, did. Uh, I'll just let you set it up. I was going to set it up. I'm well, going to let you do it. I mean, usually it's a story of corruption, but I actually this was one this was, being corruption. This was this is Elizabeth Warren's plan to um, to close the revolving door between big companies like Facebook and Google and it's not just tech companies, but mm-hmm. a lot of companies who I think in the plan it says vacuum up these people right out of an administration in some kind of regulatory position and they scoop them up, pay them lots and lots of money, and that way that the person who just left whatever administration it is gets to use their contacts and influence to help basically lobby on behalf of whatever big company that that hired them. And what I love about this plan is that she calls out this practice that has been done by both Democrats and Republicans. That made me happy. Mm-hmm. That made me feel like, okay, well, I want to hear from some Republicans to think, can to see, can would they go for this? Can they buy into this? Um, because it calls out both sides for this practice of when you have these giant companies that are already doing really well being able to go in and scoop up these like big fish from these administrations. I don't know. I I can't see the controversy in that. And I actually like to know if you can see why people would not support this. Well, you're the reasonable, more centered mind. I don't I don't I don't know what's reasonable about uh, about this mind. But I, I think when you look at it, I think that most elected officials of either party or independents, uh, want to get reelected. So but there these are always are people in my like cabinet positions. Right. But right. you never really know. Jeff Sessions is thinking about running for Senate. I saw that today. So you never really know. You know, do, what do you want to do? Do you want to be the person that closes the door on all the corruption? You know, do you want to do you want to shut down super PACs? And do you want to, yes. you know, have lobby? No, but you. Yeah. But <laughs> if you might run for office, you're like, wait, I, I'm okay. going to need yeah, all that money. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, wait, I'm the guy who made it so I can't get all this money where I can run again. Or uh, so yeah, I, I think plenty of people will feel that way. But I think it's always like, yeah, what do I actually get out of this? You know, and then it goes back to that because it's such a big picture thing. Is it what most Americans actually are excited about? And we go back to the economy. Is it more important than the economy? Do you need to take a big stand on this and able, uh, you know, in order to win if you're running for an elected office? Now, if you're an appointed official, kind of don't want to ruffle the feathers of the person who appointed you. So this is why your Elizabeth Warrens would have to win. And I, I don't know. I, I can see people not doing it. I mean, it, look, it's you're, you're, you're applying logic, common sense, and fair-mindedness to Washington, D.C., which is is not really a winning proposi- proposition. Okay, that, that's if, if, if it was the politicians in a vacuum having to vote on this. But if they're not in a vacuum and they actually care about what their constituents think... Could you think of any uh, just just an ordinary you know person? Sure, if their if their constituents are actually voicing in large numbers, and maybe they're even showing up and making appointments, not just leaving voicemails that no one listens to or tweets. You know, if they're actually, I think you'll get a number who are like, all right, well, we have to actually at least try to do something about this. But I think it again goes to 
who's who's making the big push? Who's showing up that this is the issue that they're basically storming representatives Well, but for. this isn't by itself the issue. The issue is of corruption, and it shows up in many, many forms, and this is one of the, the big ones. Yeah, I can see that so there's a lot of education that's needed to inform the public of this is what's been going on, and this is how some of these big companies have like obscene power over our government. This is how it happens, and I don't think that many people know about that. So, sure, it takes an education campaign, and that takes effort, and it's it's not a super sexy, you know, issue. But if people can see that it is maybe a small piece of a really big corruption pie that they want to take down, I mean, come on. I, I mean, I just, I, I'm looking to see what are the good arguments against it, and I just can't think of it. I mean, I can't either, but I could imagine them twisting it around. Uh, like you saw uh, a couple of Republicans came out for term limits, but they're independently wealthy. And I think that if, unless they're independently wealthy, that they can go out there and say, okay, yes, I'm, I'm, I do agree with Elizabeth Warren. I think the other spin is going to be, oh, they should have the freedom to go out and work for anybody. They have a right to get a job like anyone else. And I think that's how a lot of Republicans would frame it as uh, they should have the freedom to work wherever they want if someone's going to hire them. Sure. And that's how I feel that they would turn around unless they're independently wealthy to where they can walk away and say, well, we can self-support our own campaigns without money. And they won't necessarily bring that up that they're wealthy. They'll just say, oh, I support term limits or I support, you know, making changes here or there. I agree with you. I think what she brought is made me so happy when I read her her plan a couple weeks ago. Actually, that whole big anti-corruption plan, it made so much sense. But... It's going to be able to explain it to the everyday American voter on how important it is. And that's mm-hmm. where I get worried it's going to get lost in the weeds with other things. And it's so easy to be, you know, to spin that. Is it going to go anywhere? But I do agree with you. But I think there would be an easy way to spin it for Republicans, at least. That. I mean, I guess, yeah, this it is going to have to infringe upon some mm-hmm. people's freedom to mm-hmm. get a job. The question is, and and listen, all of our freedoms get impeded one way or another. The question is become becomes on balance. For the the sake of our democracy, and should we infringe upon these people's freedom to get mm-hmm. a job with a huge company? And you know the plan is pretty specific about which companies are included, mm-hmm. so it's not like they can't get any job. Right. Uh, and it's not forever; it's for I believe it's a fixed time of four years. Yeah, right. It's a so couple you're not, years, yeah. you know, they're not going to be banned from ever getting a job no, ever no, no. again. And, and it with... makes a lot of sense, but yeah, I think it'd be hard unless, you know, to, to spin it in the right way. To... Or they're gonna, or they can say, well, how do you enforce that? And mm-hmm. the plan has an enforcement thing about a percentage of, of of net profits. I was like, forget net profits. It should be on gross profits, but mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> um, and, and you know, it, it would increase each time it was violated from like two, three, you know, f- up to 5% for your like third violation. Which for Facebook in this last time that they were fined would have been like a billion dollars, which would have been actually something compared to just like the several hundred million dollars. That's right, that really like really hurt. a slap on the pinky. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I mean, didn't uh, didn't didn't Mark Zuckerberg give uh, that guy Eduardo like a billion dollars to never talk to any reporters again? So it's like I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the that's the story, you know. Basically, Andrew Garfield in the uh, social network movie. The guy that you will (laughs) literally never hear from again because of the amount of money. So, you know, 
it, it depends if they're busy, if they feel like their business model is like, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to do anything. So it's like, yeah, we can, we can get fined. Uh, you know, who knows what Facebook is worth? I mean, we hear, we hear reports, but uh, I think, I think only Zuckerberg knows. Uh, I did want to talk about a couple of things. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of talk about uh, impeachment and Scott, where's the clock right now? <laughs> where's the impeachment clock? Is it stuck? Or? It's stuck there, but you know, it's it's. Is it, it blinking eleven fifty nine? Okay, it's, so it's, it, it is really close. There. Yeah. Uh, are there a good pair of batteries in that clock, or uh, because I, I I feel like it's been blinking for a long time. <laughs> and with the public utilities <laughs> in been. California, well, yeah. I mean, if that, if that's know. plugged in in Northern California, right, it's not it's blinking done. anything right now. <laughs> uh, but. We did. Uh, we did get. Uh, so I'm mostly interested in the the sort of backlash against uh, the lieutenant colonel Alexander uh, Alexander Vindman, who uh, actually testified uh, against White House orders mm-hmm. that uh, he he said that yeah I'm the one I'm one of the people who raised concerns mm-hmm. about this call with Ukraine, and I think that this is the sort of thing that it'll take is someone who isn't getting pressure from the White House or the legal advice. Like, you don't get to talk to anybody about anything. And they just feel like, yeah, but I feel like this is the right thing to do. And I don't know that this is necessarily a piece of information. This is testimony that, you know, case closed, it's all over. But I think it is an indication of the sort of thing that if there's not more of, it's not really going to lead to much of anything. If you're able to have a lot of testimony and evidence even the Senate will have to, you know, give some consideration to uh, actually, I don't you know, I guess uh, removal from office if the impeachment happens. But what I wanted to talk about is sort of the, uh, n- not so much the actual <laughs> media, but more commentators are now like, well, well, this guy's clearly a spy. And he's, a, I believe, a two-time Purple Heart recipient. I think and- maybe... I've heard once, okay, but but twice. Once, pl- once. By the way, once, once plenty. plenty impressive. Once plenty. Right. So even if I, you know, let's just say for sure one. Mm-hmm. All right, because that again, that's plenty. And I, I don't know. I think that when you're sort of built up as you know maybe a, a commentator or you know online presence who supports President Trump, usually what you point to is your support of the military. And in fact. That is one of the narratives against that bring it full circle back to the booing President Trump at the World Series was, oh, you're also booing all of the wounded warriors who have sacrificed for this country. What that, the heck? I, I know, right? it's a tweet. I know, right? Hey, it is a tweet that I saw. Right. Uh, retweeted by uh, a number of people. All so, tweet do not contain logic. Well, it does that well. I mean, it, you know, there'd be no traffic on Twitter if it was only limited to logic. I think I would have like two Ooh, tweets. What if we had logic Twitter? Right. But uh, before we run out of time, uh, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts. Uh, I'll ask you first, Scott, on uh, the lieutenant colonel uh, stepping up, but also this sort of blind backlash against anyone who is, says anything critical of President Trump. Well, I mean, that's all, all they can do at this point, because if they don't, then... What do they got? Yeah, exactly. The whole thing's going to crumble down on them. And it's already like a house of cards, and it's crumbling because people are going in to, to do testimony now, which they keep trying to block. Um, I, that's all they have, and that's why you see all these these Republicans that are coming to his defense and... and you know, going against the the process and saying that the process is flawed because they can't really say anything 
about yes because they know that he did wrong and now they're trying to go in the other way and like oh it's all secretive and it's behind closed doors and making up all this crap that is not true to try to denigrate the actual process going on so that that can be looked at as a partisan thing that they can then use to you know try to to keep uh the president afloat but unfortunately you know the problem is they're going to have to go on the record in the Senate, and um, and, and it's going to be there permanently when some of these people are going to be up for very tight re-elections in 2020. So uh, I think it's going to be to their own peril. But once, you know, they're going to vote on the procedure to make it official, even though they don't have to, but this way that it'll be official, then they can move the inquiry forward. And then once some of the stuff is out in public a little bit more and you get some more stuff in the testimony and some of the other things that are coming to light, it might actually potentially sway more Republican senators when it goes to trial in the Senate. But... Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that's all I have. That's all I have right now is the push against it. What do you think, Joseph? I'm, when you when you can't attack what somebody mm-hmm. is saying, you attack the person mm-hmm. saying it. Yeah, and I, I guess, do you think that it's likely to be a deterrent to anybody who maybe is on the fence? And you know, again, I don't know how many people there are with prior knowledge of this conversation who are like, you know, I also tried to raise it, you know. But it, I think it's there's sort of, enough people yeah. out now saying yeah. it that. And, and the, they the see, ability. like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get attacked, but I got to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I think these people coming forward are just, I'm going to do the right thing. It's going to be a personal sacrifice, but I have to tell the truth. And maybe, you know, we're going to see the truth. In our uh, final moment We have here, to be talking about Katie Hill. We don't have time for that. Oh, <laughs> what? what in the holy well, heck of We have hex? one minute, so why are you going to bring that up? What would you like to say about her then? I was going to talk about impeachment, but if you want to talk, you're the one who's taking the scandalous story from the news <laughs> that you want to make sure we get in. That you've changed in three years. <laughs> what would you like to say about it? Well, I mean, I think it's an incredibly huge deal that she decided to resign. And I, I think it brings up think, a whole Do you bunch... think she wanted to resign? Or do well, you think she felt the pressure that you better resign? Well, uh, of course she didn't mm-hmm. like want to resign. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. she felt the pressure. You know, the thing for me that comes up about this is how unfair it is that even if she did the right thing in resigning, that other people in much worse, like, legal violations, not just right. ethic violations... Um, just stick around and get really, like, dig their heels in and are, like, you know, prove it. And then once it's even proved, then it's like, well, you didn't prove it right, so I'm not stepping. So Like Duncan Hunter. <laughs> Thank you. Who's yeah. still sitting there. Well, I, I think it's a lot easier to a- explain away sort of the legal pressures when what is being alleged are specifically the, you know, the relationship. I, I know there are several, there are what, like five controversies facing her at, five, at once. two I'm that exa- I know of. I'm exaggerating. Uh, because remember, I'm not a news outlet. But uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot swirling around her, but it's like once you have anything that deals with people and improper relationships that's usually when you're like oh yeah i gotta i'm gonna have to get out and usually i would you know people who are like oh this is about because she's a woman even i a little roll my eyes at that this time it's Mm -hmm. because she's a woman i think the fact that it involves a you know bisexual relationship plays into it um yep double standard for sure so you feel like you feel like that's that's why this happened was yeah and it, so if it had been if she'd been heterosexual and had been with a male staff for exact same situation you feel like this wouldn't be the same issue that it is now I just no, I, I, I don't even have the I answer I think that I think I that person think would have dug their heels in and yeah. would have fought 
Right. And or if it was a man that had right, you reverse the gender of the elected official, heterosexual. Yeah. So she may may very well have done the right thing. It's just feels like such a bummer that Mm -hmm. she does the right thing. Nobody else seems to do the right thing, and it makes you feel like, well, forget the right thing. She should have just stayed in. And you know, I for me personally, I have to remind myself. I think it's a MLK quote that says, you know, the long the the arc of justice is long, but it bends towards you know justice. I totally butchered that quote, but do you know the <laughs> yes, one I'm I know talking, what you're talking about? about? Yes. Yeah. Um, and so it's just well, we're going to sit here until you get that quote right. No. <laughs> Great, we're going to go way over there. We have a whole. <laughs> we'll just we can keep talking about impeachment. Yeah. And- uh, so yeah, I mean, I think look, I think that that's that's an interesting story, but I I do think it, it shows why you have you know these this sort of approach towards you know i mean mm-hmm. your personal relationships i mean you would feel like something like you know monica lewinsky would never happen again you know and especially not lying about it and feel, you know like that specific instance from 20 plus years ago i think isn't where we're at right now right. and i think people are very mindful of the way that played out but we are out of time, but uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, uh, Chelsea, where do people find you? At Chelsea Galicia. And Scott, where do people find you? You can find me at SMAN80, SMAN80. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. Uh, thanks again to everybody in the chat. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 